hey now, hey now, when the world comes in, they come, they come, the one between us, you know that they won't win. Australian band originally. What was that band called? Uh, originally done by Crowded Crowd House. House. That was one. That that wow. song's been covered by so many people. Crowded House. Wow. My homies, uh, Head and the Heart, did a cover of it. Mm-hmm. Knocked it out of the park. Are the Head and the Heart still around? Yes, dude. That's just bass. Just crip, 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 crip What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> I was trying. I don't know. I was trying to just use a different word than crushing it. Yeah. And then I did. And then it just. Should have said crip, crip walking. And then I got scared because I started using gang slangs. I know, dude. You get gang it. slangs, which you totally. <laughs> yeah, on the next episode of Gang Slangs, <laughs> we got nerf nerf wars. That's uh, <laughs> actually a good idea for a TV show. Just gang slangs, just, just two white kids talking about gangs. Well, yeah, you know, like like taxi cab. You know, confessionals. Like confession. No, like you'd like get in the taxi cab and you'd like do a quiz. Yeah. So it's like that, but it's like a Chevy Impala with rims, and you just get in. And you just like Spinners. have to guess gang slangs. <laughs> I think there's there's probably a lot, huh? Oh, I couldn't get any. Just even signs. No, like no, I used to be able to do the blood. Don't do that in front of things. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that in front of things. Dude, another episode of How Gets This. Back at it again. Back at it again, dude. Alan's got some Gucci's on, dude. He's feeling dude, fresh. Gucci's and Gucci's and stripes. Gucci's, stripes, and a double chin. Dude, I'm about to cut that beard off and get you a proper dubby. You think I should go mustache? I think I always think you should do just like stupid things. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think not it, that I'm I th- not doing. The only people who don't think I should do stupid things are, are your my wife. management team and your wife. No, she's down. Is she? When we cut well, your- I mean, when I cut my beard and I have a double chin and I look like <laughs> Chris Farley's brother, Mike Farley, Piss then- Farley, <laughs> yeah, Rick Farley, <laughs> then she gets a little unsettled. But yeah, she can't get for the most part. She's down. Your management team hates it. Why? Because yeah, it's like because they want me to sell the thing that you are. No, I mean naturally they think that like the cooler I look, the more brands are gonna want to. But wouldn't the mustache be me. cooler? Listen, you know what side I'm on. I'm on the Benny Sings. Yeah. Uh, Teddy swims. Yeah. Like let's look different yeah. side. I mean, you look different regardless. Yeah, but I mean, I guess maybe it's looking too different. <laughs> Look, looking, yeah, just looking like a complete <laughs> utter moron. Well, uh, how you feeling, dude? How you feeling this morning? We're up pretty early. great. Yeah, We're up, up early, early. rising it's up. We're, I like it. I like getting up early. I was telling you this this morning. We got out of the door. We got out of the house at seven thirty. Yeah, and it just felt. It feels like I'm getting a head start. Mm-hmm. Like nobody else can touch me. Yeah, I get these. I was up at six this morning, and I'm up at six a lot with Rudy, but. But I don't like get my days yeah. like get work started until yeah. noon typically, yeah. and I love getting the day out of the way. Yeah, get the day out the way. Uh, know what you are going to say get when you want a day. Get the day out of the way. Get the day out of the way. Get your things out of the way. Get your chores out of the way. Do it as you do the day. How's your arms feeling? We've been doing some personal training. Not bad. Better today. My uh, we've been getting forearms. We've getting bulked up for bulking season. Well, we're going getting to cold. Vegas. We're going to Vegas. We're going to Vegas, and so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get my so bulk on. We're trying to get our swimmer bodies going. Yeah, how? I don't think we're even going to swim by the pool. It's going to be too chilly, chilly con carne. What winter. You, what planet like, are you? It's living? like 68 degrees out there. I've checked. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought so, it was going to be way hotter. 
Yeah, I, that's perfect. I love that temp. That's, that's my great. fave. It's temp. not really like swimming in the pool weather though. Yeah, it is. Pool's heated. All right, let's in the tubsies. That's dude. jacuzzi weather. No, we're working, bro. We're, we're gonna be working. Dude. We're gonna be live doing at, some live fr- live from Las Vegas. Live from Las Vegas. We're gonna yep. be writing some tunes. Yep. We're gonna be eating shrimp cocktails. Yep. Trying to find, trying to get that Bali belly. Dude, you think we'll get a workout in? No. Yeah, we should go on a run. Down strip. Yes, just back and forth on the strip. <laughs> Shirts off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wear my hair down, too, so I look like <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Dude, I'm super down. You were wearing a white shirt at dinner last night, and you were splashing stains on your shirt, yeah. and it was full white, and you picked up your shirt to like clean it off, and, and I couldn't tell the difference between <laughs> your shirt and the color of your skin. I used to always play that prank on my dad when we'd go to the beach, and he'd, like be, he'd take his shirt off and like be hanging out for a while and be like, Dad, we're at the beach. Why don't you take your shirt off? <laughs> Very funny, <laughs> very funny. Oh, so and but I inherited his paleness. Yeah, you oh, definitely are pale, it's, man. It's beyond. It's like a, it's like a plastic bag. Well, you can't, you can't get, uh, you can't get sun tanned. Really, you just burn up and like yeah. get, like actually third. Well, no, burns. I can like, but it has to be a process. Mm-hmm. Like I have to go out, get burned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let get the burns tan, get the burn. burn. Get a base burn. Got to mm-hmm. get out and get a base burn. Then the next three weeks, I got to go out yeah. and keep punishing my body in the oh, sun. Yeah. And eventually, my body would be like, okay, just we get it get, now. Just got to get boils and bumps, dude. You got to boil your body yeah. up. Yeah, got to get that blem blems. But I don't care about looking tan enough to like do that. I don't. It's like Tan's a nice look, though, man. When I, when I have been tan, I'm like, oh, man. And I think everybody can relate. It's just like, you feel I look sexy. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look so much better. What about a spray tan? Would you ever do that? I think I'm allergic, so I've never done it. No, I'm allergic to like ink stuff. Yeah, but it's it that's like it's like dye on your body. Definitely on my body. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't. I thought it was like in your body because you said you couldn't get tattoos, that, and so that's, that's like in that's your skin. That's just because it's like yeah, you can't even get like if I put a felt marker on your skin, it'd boil up. Like a Sharpie will make me boil up. Really? Yeah. That's such good news. No, it's awful news, man. When we were kids and I've we used never, to get drunk, people I've never like, pulled that prank on you, though. I've it's never not, done It's not that. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll die. Vegas, baby. <laughs> Vegas, baby. Let's pass out and get <laughs> drop gonna, dicks on each I'm other's I'm going to put face. Sharpie marker on your lips, and you're going to blow up like looking like a Kardashian, dude. dude wake up in the morning. That's, on, that's what I've been waiting for, man. He's trying to like put Sharpie on my wang and get it Whoa. to blow up huge. Whoa. Whoa. I'll cut that out. Whoa. I won't. No. Leave it in. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> We're all adults here. Well, um, uh, should we start the show? Let's start the show, baby. Hey! Ooh. How good's this? How good? This. How good? This. How good's this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bride wears tactile wedding dress for blind husband. Get this, Jules. Okay. On Kelly Ann Ferraro's first date with her now husband, Anthony, who is blind, she wore a velvet dress so he could feel how she looked. On their wedding day last week, she wore a tactile dress embedded with woven cotton flowers and lace. Once again, he could feel how she looked. I want to marry a girl like that. 
I mean, I'm not blind, but I want somebody that's that thoughtful. So when I first read this, I thought that she made like a braille dress. It was. I think it was just tactile, is, meaning what, like what she tact- so tactile just means like he could feel it. So he could feel the roses. He could feel the embroidery. I thought kind of when I read through this article originally for the podcast that it was like a braille dress dress so that he could like read, read their dress. vows, Oh, which both are really cool, but I, I think I misinterpreted it. But either way, that's just so uplifting. It's so sweet. I've also, she says, I've also said she, uh, I've also said she's my eyes in this world, but for her to have a dress custom made so I could feel and touch it meant the world to me. Anthony Ferraro, a para-Olympian, musician and motivational speaker, told USA Today I could feel her. I could feel she looked beautiful. Hell yeah. What a what a cool thing, man. Blessings I, on your union. Blessings on your union for sure. I wish Yeah, that's It says he's a Paralympian. I know he sounds How like does that badass. work? What is a Paralympian? Like, like a, a paralyzed, paralyzed Olympian. So like they have a Paralympics. So like you did that. That was you well, didn't you that's did this special, for the special Olympics. Yeah, that's special Olympics. It's kind of the same thing. I th- well, I don't it's just think for so. people that have like uh like handicaps. Yeah, but I don't know if so like special olympics I think is like mental handicaps. Right. And the paralympics maybe are it like is maybe physical. it is physical as well, but I think para is physical. Let's look up the difference. Yeah. Cuz if you're I mean, yeah. Both of these organizations create platforms for people with disabilities to be able to compete in sports, but they differ in their intentions. While the Paralympics values competition and elite skill levels, the Special Olympics values the power sports. The Special Olympics values the power sports. Oh, sorry. To, uh, the Special Olympics val- values the power sports has to allow to reach their oh. full potential. <laughs> We're stupid. So I think it's not, I don't think it's any, like I think the Paralympics is actual competition, I guess. Whereas the Special Olympics is just an attempt to like uplift people and allow them to participate, to, to in, participate the in the really? power of sports. Uh huh. Really? I wonder if like, people in the special olympics hmm. like do you have to qualify for the paralympics i wonder i'm sure yeah man like you don't just get in you don't just like like put an application in and get called to do it you oh god man how hard would it be to be blind oh so it says intellectual impairment as well here on like what impairments you have to have so elig- eligibility Impaired muscle power, impaired passive range of movement, limb deficiency, leg length difference, short stature, hypertonia. What is hypertonia? Have an increase in muscle tension and a reduced ability of a muscle to stretch caused by damage of the central nervous system. Huh. Would you rather lose? But then it says intellectual impairment. So it looks like you have to qualify. I don't think you have to qualify for the Special Olympics. But I, I could be wrong. Anyways. For the Special Olympics, not the Paralympics. Paralympics, it seems like you have to yeah, totally. qualify for. Special yeah. Olympics seems like it's more so based upon just uplifting people and giving them the opportunity to, to feel the power of sports and camaraderie. Right. Which was so cool. I got to play the opening ceremonies of the Special Olympics in 2000. <laughs> What's crazy is I backdate it because that weekend we conceived Rudy. Oh, wow. And so it would have been... 2017 like three and a half years ago or something yeah technically um they asked me to play the opening ceremonies of special Olympics. by far the greatest music experience i've ever had in my life really yeah like and this might be going into murky water just because you know everything 
every topic seems murky nowadays, yeah. but um, I'll speak on it just because I have a mic. Yeah, you did it. People with disabilities, it's, it's interesting to say disability because sure, there are maybe disabilities that I don't fully understand because I've never, I never grew up with a kid with disabilities like in my home. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand that um, firsthand. But when I've associated myself, like Special Olympics, uh, I grew up going to high school with, all throughout, grade school, middle school, high school, with kids with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And even though there were some disabilities, obviously, one of the abilities that 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 human has, one of the abilities that a lot of non-disabled people have, is there's no filter of joy. So, like, somebody with a disability, there's there's no fear of expressing joy. Yeah. Or sadness, even. Yeah. And people with abilities, or, or people with, right? Like... Yeah, totally. Just... Normal folk. Nah, normal is like an interesting I, word. I, yeah, it's... I'm kind of dancing around it. Anyways. Yeah. Just capable... You and I... Capable humans that have the capacity to function. There you go. Um, we... There's a fear in expression. Like, how am I going to be received? What is What are people going to think of me? Like, all these things go through our mind. And so when you play a show, I'm just speaking from, like, my experience at the Special Olympics. When mm-hmm. you play a show in front of people at a, in, at a nightclub in Seattle, sometimes it takes a while for them to get comfortable enough to express how they're feeling about your music. Mm-hmm. Playing at the Special Olympics, no way. Like, Right away, they're like, I'm down to have stoked. fun. Yeah. They were stoked the entire time. Yeah. Just like elated to be alive and to be experiencing something. And that was just such a breath of fresh air, especially playing in a situation where I was nervous because it was national television. Yeah, it was, a, you it was the, like from like 70,000 people, weren't you? It was like a, well, well, wasn't, well. well, wasn't it? It was in, a, it was in a the stadium? UW football arena, which oh. I don't know how much that holds. That's a, I mean, but it was people. big. It was yeah. one of the biggest shows I've ever played in my life. And like I'm terrified. I'm on national TV. That group of people made me feel so stoked about mm-hmm. what I was doing. Yeah. And I've and I've rarely ever felt that in that sort of situation. I've played yeah. big shows before and I've played big events before. I've never felt that welcomed, that loved, that Yeah. Uh just everybody was partying, dude. And they were so amped and it was it, in that moment I was like, "Wow, this is interesting." Like even though we would obviously consider that group of people to have certain disabilities like they also have some abilities that we don't have probably more which is which is awesome yeah it was so cool to have that realization in that moment yeah i remember watching you and seeing you like come down off the stage and dancing around with them and stuff and did you know you were going to do that was that like yeah that was planned it was yeah i was like i want to get out there i want we i mean we had a drum line from the seahawks oh cool so it was all planned Uh but you never know Right, like if that's if that's the Grammys, yeah, and you're doing trying to do that with like people who are like nervous about how people are gonna look at them, right? You may walk out in that audience and you get nothing. Yeah, totally. You may go out and try to dance with whoever. Yeah, and they're like but those kids were just expressing. They were so amped. They yeah. were just they were just elated and not afraid to express themselves. I think it's the I think it's that 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 there's a gap of like being afraid of what people are going to think of you. Right. That I know I have 
in like expressing myself. I think I have less of it. Yeah. I think you've taught me that throughout my life. But there's definitely certain situations where I'm like, I'm kind of too cool to express how I'm actually feeling right now because I'm afraid that people might think of it differently. Yeah. And you see it happen all the time, dude. People not smiling in pictures. Like right. people like, yeah, yeah. like not like, like going to the club and like just yeah. folding their arms. Like why the you here yeah totally like, what are you doing here you're too yeah. cool to like dance or like have a good time this is a club yeah you like paid to get in here yeah i remember you used to do a, like a little bit at, at shows where you would kind of like call out the people just like you'd like try to get people dancing and you'd like call out all the people just standing like looking trying to look cool and like being standing yeah that's not stiff. that's not nice i, I was i mean it's not I was it's, on it's, one. it's I'm, I'm not calling you out for saying that i'm saying like it was i liked that because it's true it's just like what do you yeah, but Guys, in, but in hindsight, sure. it's just like, do, in do, hindsight, do, do that's not more, a nice you just, thing to do. Yeah, but you're just saying that because it's your show and you're the one saying it. But if you're at a show and you see people do that, you're like, what are you doing, man? Like, loosen nah. up, have some fun. Listen, there's some people who have no that that isn't fun for them. Like expressing yeah, themselves sure. through their bodies and through dancing and through all that. Like, it's just not fun. I don't know. I have well, sure. I just feel like in my life, I like to like I like to go out at a concert and be the first person dancing like an idiot yeah so it gives people permission to be like oh that guy looks stupid right now totally I'm go, it, like I'm gonna go it, participate with him somebody people need to be given permission sometimes exactly and I feel like once they have it they're like oh I'm I'm like so like if you go out on the streets and you're just like hey I know this is really random but like I just want to have a dance party with you or I want to like sing something with you. People are like, no, dude, like that's great. Like shut up. Right. But then you do this with them you and you can actually break through and get them to do that. And you ask them afterwards, like, well, how do you feel? They're like, actually really good. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that there is that there is some sort of filter net, like invisible wall yeah. with human expression where we're afraid to express joy mm -hmm. because of how it might be received because yeah. it's so painful to get excited and people go like, what are you excited about? What fucking who's put a bee up your bonnet? Like I said, I know, I know I do it. Yeah. Like I have a, I have a fear of letting my emotions go out, like mm -hmm. crying, being sad, like being upset. Yeah. And I, it's easier for me to like express happiness and joy I've learned that over my life. Like I can, I feel comfortable just like moving and having a good time and expressing joy a little less comfortable expressing, you know, negative emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, but getting back to the original point, like that, that subset of, of person that the special Olympics yeah, crew, totally. those athletes, like that was so fun and inspiring yeah and it made me think a little bit too in that moment like oh like we we they may have something that we don't right and what a wonderful lesson we could learn yeah yeah they're just they're stripped of that need for permission to express themselves right in whatever way they're feeling or fear or like they're they don't they don't have that fear barrier yeah for expressing how they're feeling which is so beautiful and Super so, beautiful. so inspiring. Yeah. It's, that's such a cool thing to have experienced for you. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I love that. Way to go. Anthony and Kellyanne Ferraro. Yeah. That's so cool, man. I, I, and, and again, like what a babe just for being so cool 
and 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 being so thoughtful about that i would i i love i love love man oh yeah it's so, good so nice to it's a good thing so nice to beautiful couple beautiful couple man he looks like Handsome chap, dude. He's looking like a young Benicio. Yeah, dude. I was gonna say a young Antonio Banderas. Banderas. Zorro. Dude, yeah. Well, great. Good on him, man. Good on him. If there's any girls out there that wanna, you know. Where's this going? I don't know. <laughs> Give me a braille wedding dress. When they marry me, we can get into it. Oh man! Uh, moving Great. on. Moving yeah. on. Come on. What's the next one, dude? All right. How good's this? Exclusive. The billionaire who wanted to die broke is now officially broke. Officially broke. It took decades, but Chuck Feeney, the former billionaire, co-founder of retail retail giant Duty Free Shoppers, has finally given all his money away to charity. He has nothing left now, and he couldn't be happier. Wow. Charles Chuck Feeney, 89, who co-founded airport retail, retailer Duty Free Shoppers with Robert Miller in 1960, amassed billions while living a life of monk-like frugality. As a ph philanthropist, he pioneered the idea of giving while living, spending most of your fortune on big, hands-on charity bets instead of funding a foundation upon death. Since you can't take it with you, why not give it all away? Have control of where it goes and see the results with your own eyes. Wow, man. So so this guy created Duty Free. He created the yeah, the airport store Duty Free. That's crazy. Which is kind of like the Costco of airports. Yeah. Just cool. Wholesale. But it's like it's interesting what they sell in there. It's it's like sunglasses, cologne and alcohol. Yeah, that's it. Booze. Yeah, and like big packs of M and M's. They obviously turn a profit. They're doing great. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but like, why that? I wonder why they chose why those, them that. Why they chose those things? I or mean, what? What? I mean, those are maybe just they didn't people, choose them. People maybe, are, that's the, the marketplace. Are they targeting vacationers? I don't know. It's inter to me. Like I fly a lot, and the things that are at airports nowadays blows my mind. Like bags. Like who buys a bag at an airport? Like you already have a bag. Honestly, probably for the people that are like overpacking their suitcases. and they're But it's like, through security. Oh, yeah. Like you don't, there's no bag stores before you get to security. Yeah, what is the It's point all on the other side. So like people are going, ah, I got this bag that like I brought. I don't right. like it. So I'm going to pay three times more for that bag. And then I'm gonna switch it on. What do you do with your old bag? Yeah, you trade it in, toss it, keep it. Would you put it in the new bag? The other day, the other day, I I think I was flying out here, and I had to. I, my bag was like 59 pounds as opposed to 50, and I couldn't get through, and I was late, and I just had to toss toss clothes. <laughs> so I just threw them away. Which ones did you choose? I don't. They're I probably can't mine. Right now. Probably yours. Yeah. <laughs> no, yours are better than mine. So I, I just tossed mine. The same thing happened to me coming from. I did a, a photo shoot the other day, and like they gave me a bunch of nice clothes afterwards. And I got to the airport, and my bag was like seventy pounds. Yikes! And I was like, there ain't no way I'm losing ten pounds of this yeah. bag. So I just paid the fee. It's like a. It's like a hundred and fifty bucks. Mine was like seventy five. I think I have status, and so they're a little easier oh, on me. Yeah, dude, I don't have status, man. Yeah, I gotta you don't get got that shit, son. I don't got shit, son. No, you find Southwest what, 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 boy. What, what, let me ask you this. Yeah. So this guy, this guy, 
donated all of his money over the 40 years of owning his his empire. Yeah, I mean, we'd have He's, to read in more to say, like, like broke. Like, it really... Well, he, I did read it, and he, he's kept $2 million for himself to live off of yeah. for the rest of his for life. Two, of his $2 life. million out of $8 billion, which is, you know, pretty, pretty light. Um, and he's obviously 89 years old. Does he's, he have a family? I don't know. Um, say I, he's married. He's, he's a married man. But does he have kids? I don't know, but this is, what, this is the question I want to ask you. Like, yeah. either way... If you have a giant wealth, a huge yeah, fortune at right. the end of your life, uh-huh. do you want to just like let your kids inherit that? Do you want to pass that down? Yeah, or do you know. want That's to like teach them, like teach kid, like teach a man to fish? You know, kind of situation. That's it's that's really hard to fathom because uh, I have no capacity to understand what it's like to, to even that have right. a million dollars. Right. I'm so far away from that. That I could tell you something about it, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't know that about you me. You come up on Dogecoin, bro. I'm a big time actor, man. Have you seen me? <laughs> Z Nation, Z Nation, <laughs> Blue Bloods, bro. Come on. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand. I don't understand that. I don't understand what that would do to a family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, like eight billion dollars is bonkers. Now, if Feeney still has like. A majority stakehold in duty free and that's some like if he has children i'm just simply thinking of like the legacy he's passing down to his family and his kids right if that's something he's passing down if he still has real estate he's passing down other like they're speaking simply about like cash liquid that he's donated to charities right mm-hmm. so like elon musk is worth x mm-hmm. right like a hundred billion or something crazy mm-hmm. right so like that's that's an abstract number because that's what the stock of his company's worth. Mm-hmm. So he holds a percentage of stock in his company. That stock is worth X. They factor that in. Cash liquid, you don't really know what he has in cash liquid. And so um, is has Feeney amassed uh, real estate? Does he have a bunch of cars? Does he have a big stake in a bunch of companies? You know, right. you don't really... You're not getting that in this. Now, granted, the fact that he's donated that much to charities is amazing and insane and yeah. so cool. Um, but this is always interesting with like media nowadays. Right. Is now officially broke. He's still got $2 million, Forbes. Right. Like what is officially broke to you? There's all this like headline stuff with, with news media nowadays. It's a little bit misleading. Of course. But uh, of course. The, the meat of the <laughs> article is that this guy is incredibly generous and has given a ton yeah. away. Let me pose a question to you, though, that sometimes I wonder about, okay? Because I've been going down this path quite frequently about like everything casts a shadow, mm-hmm. right? So like... Oh, man, this might... I don't want this to get dark. It might for a second. go for it. So, like, every joy that we... Maybe not every joy, but, like, a lot of the joys that we experience as humans have still cast a shadow of negative repercussions, right? So, like, we've... Because of modern science and because of uh, modern technologies in the medical field far less children die at birth 200 years ago 300 years ago 
I forget how far back you'd have to go. But it used to be that 50% of births ended, ended in either the mother dying or the baby dying. That number has been totally, like, diminished, at least in the United States, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's a very rare scenario for a baby to die at, in birth or the mother to die in birth. It happens, but it's far less frequently than it did 300 years ago, right? So that's a joy. Yeah. Okay, well, what has that done? That's increased the amount of population that we have on the planet. And now the, what we're faced with and what we're dealing with is a lack of resources because of how much life is on the planet. Mm-hmm. Plastics. Okay, so the invention of plastic and single-use plastic, right, has ended us with an enormous amount of waste in the middle of the, I think it's the Atlantic. Where's the garbage, uh, like the, the plastic garbage island? I'm not sure. Is Atlantic or the Pacific? There's a huge... Plastic right. island somewhere. I yeah. think it's Pacific or Atlantic. It's creating potentially both. Both. Yeah, it's a problem. But plastic is an unbelievable invention. What it's given us has, like, I think, far surpasses what it's the the, the issues that it's causing. So all of these things that like are brought that that are we we see as negatives probably came from like some sort of positive. Sometimes, I mean, granted, there's, I'm sure there are deeds, there are things, there are inventions without question that have, that are st- just strictly negative, right? Like the atom bomb. I don't know of any positive things that have come out of like splitting the atom and creating the, the nuclear bomb. Yeah. But there are a lot of things that we deem as negative that came from. So the founder of McDonald's, did you ever watch the founder of that mm-hmm. movie? Mm-hmm. Right, so like you watch that movie and you you don't like Michael Keaton. Right, you're like the whole movie is like I'm not not down with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Stole this business. Uh, commercialized. T- commercialized it. it, made it gigantic, put a bunch of fake food on the marketplace, got us got Americans addicted to like fast, high fructose, potentially if you go down that rabbit hole, cancer giving food and then at the end of the movie it says that when he died his wife donated like three quarters of their fortune to the salvation army it's like wow man like it just hit me in that moment like we are human beings are so much more than just one singular action Mm -hmm. like even though we are capable of doing terrible things in the same breath, we are still capable of utilizing these negative things that we've done in our life to bring positive. Totally. And we're like this weird, like out of balance teeter totter of just positive negative charge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, are, do you think that something like that relates to this guy and that like, Oh, maybe not necessarily. Just- no, I'm just, I was just, I don't know. I've been thinking about that abstractly. Like how do I, you know, like, like light is just the absence of dark right. and dark is just the absence of light, mm-hmm. but they're in relationship with each other. Like if we don't understand our, our perspective of joy is only as good as our understanding of sorrow. Right. They're like these, they're like the same emotion. Yeah. Just with the absence of each. Yeah. I wonder if like, I would love to sit with like a n- neurologist and talk to him about like the electrical pulses 
I was listening recent recently a uh, Rogan had this guy on or this lady, excuse me, that was speaking on addiction, and she said like the receptors in the mind that experience joy and sorrow, it's the same thing, and it's and it's kind of just attempting to try and balance itself at all times, mm-hmm. and so like when you flood your body with drugs and alcohol and these like kind of fake joy creators mm-hmm. then the come down is always like your mind your ba- your 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 receptors trying to balance out that thing right so if you like give yourself a fake dopamine boost right so like you didn't earn right took some ecstasy took some ecstasy right that's like a fabricated dopamine hit mm-hmm. it's still awesome mm-hmm. it's ama- it makes you f- like feels real right but the come down is always like oh mm-hmm. because that's your body like balancing it out yeah and so a sober person naturally like as high as they're gonna go and as low as they're gonna go is pretty typically unless you like have chemical imbalances like right. yeah yeah it's you're able to deal with that mm-hmm. but like the swing of like you know substance versus sober that's like a that's an interesting swing back. Anyways, that was an interesting podcast. I don't know where I'm going with any of this. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Sorry. Right. I was thinking about your conversation about uh, the founder and, and the guy from McDonald's and, and how everything casts a shadow and kind of like the idea that, uh, you know, people, the, the, the repercussions of some somebody's actions can have like a really positive swing at, at the at the end of their reign or whatever it is, like what he did, what his wife donating all this money. But I'm kind of curious about like, what is the what is the barometer of of how much bad you can do to how much good you can do and does the good actually absolve the the bad like do wh- how do we know like obviously we all want to have a positive legacy in our lives yeah. we all want to do something good we want to be uh, creating a positive impact but if we are doing something that is hindering if if we're if we started McDonald's and we have this franchise that's you know hurting people's health and, and, and creating more waste and doing all these bad things by the end of, by the end of our reign. And we, we donate a hundred percent of the wealth. Does mm-hmm. that absolve the problem? Does that actually I like, well, do... I guess, I guess the, the thought experiment, which is like weird for me to tackle, I guess watching that movie, seeing that guy's life is like, if he wouldn't have done these things that as we watch, we go, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Would he have amassed all of that re- resource and value at the end of his life to give away to charity? If you totally, now, is there a way? I'm sure there's a way to do it without that, right. without question. And I don't think it absolves the wrong that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just interesting to think about. It's yeah. interesting to think about, like, okay, so he he capitalized on an idea that wasn't his. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much stole it mm-hmm. from the founders yeah and he built this gigantic enterprise that now at the end of his life took all of these resources and donated to people who don't have them mm-hmm. would that have happened if it wasn't for the terrible shit he did and does that make the terrible no. shit he did worth it I mean, the answer is no. Like, he wouldn't have because he didn't. Like, he, what he did was what he did. And so that's how he amassed that wealth to then donate. Right. So it's, so no, like, that's how he went about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's just, 
it's at the end of all that kind of quantifying it and being like what does it absolve does does it make it does it make it right does it make it worth it that he donated it like would that money have been donated from elsewhere or could it never have been had he not have made that decision right and it's just and and that's what i'm wondering like what is the barometer for that like how do we measure that and say i don't think you can okay cool like and does and does that does like a donation do anything it's just all it is is wealth all it is is capital right so well, like it if definitely does of course it, sure. it helps in in a huge way for sure but like i don't know it's it's fascinating to i wonder, guess ultimately like, my question is uh because i don't i mean i don't think that they're mutually exclusive mm-hmm. uh, meaning like in order to do really great things for other people you have to like amass wealth via terrible things like, I don't think that the only way to do that, I think that you can be a really positive human being who's bringing, you know, great things to the world and doing it in the right way. I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. But I also have a tendency to look at all of these stories of Steve Jobs and uh, James Brown and Anthony Bourdain and all these like figureheads. Bill Gates. There's all these like stories about these like megalomaniacs mm-hmm. who they they've done really great things for the public. I think there's arguments to be made that like well the th- their inventions or their music or whatever like brought a lot of negative shit too. Right. Right? But like when you look to figureheads, like those names matter, right? And for the most part like James Brown was an asshole. Yeah. For the most part, Anthony Bourdain was hard to work with mm-hmm. and like kind of pretty dark. Mm-hmm. But their work was incredible. Yeah. Their output was amazing. Steve Jobs, from all accounts, was a total cunt. Yeah. But his output, his expression, what he brought to the world was incredible. Now, granted, there I'm sure you could list a million other people who did really great things for the world and brought out a bunch of value. For the globe, but as somebody who's, uh, my personality is very timid. I'm not one for conflict. I shrink Mm -hmm. in moments that are in pressure moments where maybe a James Brown will be like, come on, listen to me. I'm the boss, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think about it sometimes. I'm like, am I, am I not cut out for being a billionaire? (laughs) Not a billionaire, but just like leaving a legacy. Yeah. Am I not cut out for doing something incredible because I'm not an asshole? Yeah, and I and I've had that conversation with you and I and I and I say no. I I think I think no is the answer as well, but it is a fun thing to talk about when you believe that other people are listening to a show. It's an interesting thought experience. Totally. Totally. And and I and I wonder out of all of the out of all the figureheads and and human beings who have left legacies and who have uh, amassed gigantic wealths. I wonder if you actually put that on a graph and looked at uh, at all of their personalities and saw, you know, who, how many, how many of these people were like megalomaniacs? How many of these people were fucking assholes? And how many of these people were actually just like morally correct and like going forward with a positive intention? Or maybe what it is is that human beings are flawed naturally Mm -hmm. and with someone as abstract as warren buffett 
from all accounts, Warren Buffett is like a pretty great guy. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure because of our ability as human beings to like find the dirt, right? Like if you dig, you'll find dirt kind of right. mentality. Totally. Maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, maybe you don't have to dig as much yeah. to find some dirt on other people. But sure. like our inability to recognize the human being as the human being yeah which is everything all at once everybody does everything yep maybe that maybe we're looking for the god complex in people that don't have that they don't they're they're not capable of being perfect they're not capable of altruism completely Mm -hmm. like 100 percent altruism doesn't exist in human beings right and maybe that's the next phase in like understanding the human capacity is like, yeah, like w- people are going to mess up. Yeah. Like there is no human who you wouldn't find dirt on because yeah. we're all dirty. Mm-hmm. We're all hypocrites. We're all flawed. We're all like selfish. Yeah, totally. And maybe s- s- learning to understand that would help us forgive easier and like yeah. learn easier and understand easier. I- well, wouldn't it be cool if you could leave your legacy in the in the efforts of trying to figure out a way to do it the way that you feel the most comfortable doing it in in not having to accept the narrative that we're talking about right now in that like, Oh, do I have, am I not cut out for this because I don't possess that quality to figure it out? No, listen, I don't, I don't lose sleep over this question. I know. It's just an interesting thought experiment that I've, that I've dove into a few times. I think we've dove into it together. Um, Ultimately, I know that that it is possible to put others first and still win. I, I know that that is absolutely possible and the best route mm-hmm. about doing it. But it does it does compel me to spin my wheels yeah. when I see stories about people who, uh. So many stories, so many stories about people who were just like seemingly kind of dicks. Yeah. Like that, that yeah. things, but then, you know, that's also another abstract and obtuse thing to think about is like, what, what was their life actually like? Yeah, totally. Like we look at these people, like let's call them billionaires, right? And we look up at them and we shake our fist and we're yeah. like, you, you're the problem. Mm-hmm. What's their life actually like, dude? Yeah. Like. Is it that great? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that they have, you know, there's things that they don't worry about that we have to. Right. Of course. Yeah, it doesn't seem fun up there. But, like, I would imagine that the pains and sorrows and pressures and agony that somebody in that world deals with is not great. Yeah. And it is interesting because people would be like, oh, woe is me. Like, it's like... I'm not going to feel bad for that person. Right. It's like you don't you don't have the capacity to know how to yeah. feel bad for that person because you have never existed in that space. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't well, know. It's, it's Greed also- is like a big a big uh describer of of people like this and, and but who's to say? How did like people don't really know and we watch movies about people. We get biopics, we get autobiographies right. and we read about people and we hear from them in the media but we don't follow them around and actually like possess you don't their experience. Them. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. And, and, and I'm sure this guy, you know, although this article is, is, uh, presenting 
and illuminating the positives of his life is that like he's donated all of his money. I'm sure to get there, he had to make some fucking to to create the duty free shop that sells all, all the booze for cheap. You know, like <laughs> yeah, shit. I'm sure he did some fucked up shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah, for sure. For That's sure. what I'm saying. It's it's an interesting um, thing to think about. I think I don't necessarily but look, think like, we've landed on. But any... look, like people that are broke do fucked up shit. People that are like people that aren't rich. It's just yeah. the people that are that are way up here are scrutinized a million times more because they have a microscope on them right. and people are looking for ways. But it's like, dude, I've done so much fucked up shit. People like me because I'm not a big deal. I could be canceled ten times over right now if I was famous. <laughs> you know? Like for shit that like I'm a nice guy overall. I'm a fucking pretty cool guy. Right. Nice guy. My moral c- compass is like directed towards something positive. But like I've made so many So how mistakes. do you how do you think we uh traverse the landscape of 2022 where people are being defined by singular moments in their life how do you think we i think move past that being as transparent as we can about them about who we are and mm. what we've done and 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 not trying to hide behind some identity that we're trying to present but rather just being exactly who we are and who we want to continue to be moving forward because for me i mean that's at least for me because i i feel like at least if I express myself and and uh, showcase myself in this in this regard that is, hey, I, I am flawed. I am imperfect. I have done a lot of stupid things in my life and to make that known, then it's it becomes a little bit more difficult to to affect me by mm. calling me out for things that I may have done or didn't yeah, do. I don't know. I uh, I think there's plenty of people who have taken that stance uh, when they're faced with things they've done in their past that are dumb, stupid, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And because of their social currency and power, uh, forgiveness isn't given. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to me, the I don't see how that writes its course i don't see how people just like all of a sudden have a capacity to forgive other humans that they don't personally know yeah i just think rather than trying to manufacture some kind of narrative for myself moving forward it's not like hey let me talk about my past and tell people like x y and z about how i've messed up it's just if those things come up and if I'm faced with having to be scrutinized for anything that's ever happened in my life, being willing and brave enough to acknowledge those things completely and totally honestly. Mm. Um, I'd, like to bring, not, I'd like to bring something to light that I'd like you to explain. Okay. Fucks up with that haircut, dog. <laughs> Dude, I didn't ask for it, all right? <laughs> no, it's get... a good haircut. It's 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 preparing us for uh <laughs> For, for baby, dude, you got the proper V-neck. Yeah. Well, ask yourself that question. What do you think you have to do to traverse this landscape? I don't know, man. Like, what do you, what do, you do differently? Do you just continue to do the same well, thing? What I, what I do something different? What, what, I, what I don't think is helpful is to, like, lead your life in fear. Yeah. So, I think you should, because I think it's so abstract, like, what people are being scrutinized for. You know, things that happened 25 years ago, yeah. you know, you're like, come on, you right. guys, like, how is that really defining who this person is today? And how do we not allow that person 
mercy if they apologize for something they've done a long time ago. Like, how is this the situation? Um, so because of how abstract that landscape is, for me, I'm, I'm going to move forward um, in love and kindness and care and do my best to um, express myself carefully but honestly yeah and hope for the best i guess i mean yeah. i don't know I mean, how you do it i don't know i think i think ultimately it's... my best uh um the the best thing i got going for me right now is nobody cares about me <laughs> that's well, like the, well that that's that's uh self-deprecating of you but it's not actually true i mean it's not actually true but it's pretty true like i'm not i'm not well known enough for the mass like enough people right now dave Chappelle is like receiving a ton of scrutiny right, right. he's an extremely famous human being mm -hmm. you walk in most rooms and say his name mm -hmm. people will know who that is yeah. right that's not my situation so sure. i think that's the integer that i have working in my favor <laughs> right now and yeah. also that i'm not like going out on a limb and and talking about subjects that are faux pas yeah. Right. Like I'm. That's not my world. I'm yeah. gonna talk about like boogers and piss. Yeah. You know. Well, I'm even. I'm even. Uh, less. Uh, ascended than you are, but that doesn't mean that my impact can't be just as big or bigger because of what I'm trying to accomplish with myself and my personality and my existence. And I think like despite how big you get Dave Chappelle level or Alan Stone level y your intentions should stay the same oh yeah I'm not saying like, like hey I'm I've yeah I'm not saying like hey I'm invisible so I can do whatever I want right um my point is is that I got no idea mm -hmm. one because the landscape is so oblong yeah and uh what people are getting scrutinized for seems to change every minute yeah i don't know what it's going to be like in 2027 yeah um i think it's just a pendulum swinging and i am so interested and also kind of terrified about what's going to happen when the pendulum swings the other way yeah because it seems like social like interaction is a big pendulum 2030 is going to be weird. Man. I don't know, man. I mean, it's already weird. Everything's weird. Everything, I know. Like, we're floating on a rock in eternity. I know. Um, but I guess my point is, is that, like, the best thing I have going for me now is nobody knows me. Like, that's the only thing I can rest my my loyals on because but, I've done ter I've done things that I'm not proud of. I'm do I've done things that I'm not, I wouldn't say I've done things that are, like, worth being canceled over, but... I've done things in my life that I'm not proud of that if they came to light, I'd be like, you know, yeah, I wish I, I was hoping that was going to stay underneath the surface, yeah. but you dug it up and I got to come to. Well, is that a real emotion for you then? Is that is an, or is that a catch 22 in that? Like the thing that I have going for me is that nobody knows me where in, when in fact you probably want more people to know about you. Yeah. Look, I, I don't think there's anything in my past that I've done that, uh, is is worthy of um a criminal defense mm -hmm. right like that's not the case at right. all um what i'm saying is that the current landscape of what people are being scrutinized for is so 
Yeah, it's seventeen-dimensional and fickle that like it's impossible to answer that question. Yeah, like and the yeah. only thing currently that I like am able to rest on and sleep, you know, sleep comfortably at night is yeah. the fact that nobody gives a fuck about me. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, even even for me, like if if certain things, I'm sure there are relationships that I've had in my life that would come back to haunt me if I were famous enough. Yeah, and if they did, I would. Uh, I would hope that I could just speak to them as honestly and openly as I could and, and, and as, you know, hope to get as much forgiveness from whatever I may have done or impression that I may have caused or whatever happened from yeah. that. If it was an actual hurtful situation, I would actually feel really bad about that and, and just try to be as honest and open about that as I possibly yeah, could and not be like, rough. I'm not high behind that. That didn't happen. I'm, I'm excusing myself from that. Like I, this is a lie. Like even if somebody was like, Hey, like even if I felt like, this person is just trying to get at me because of my status. Yeah. I would still feel bad because I'm such an empath and I would just like cry. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I've, yeah, it's, it's such an interesting, um, thought experiment. I say that a lot, but it's, it's fun to think. It's interesting to think about. Um, but answers I have not. Yeah. Neither know? do I. Um, Let's move on though, because this is fun. How good's this? Uh, the Royal Caribbean is bringing the world to its lineup of destinations with the first ultimate world cruise, visiting all seven continents over a 274 <laughs> night cruise. The ultimate world cruise departs aboard the Serenade of the Seas from Miami on December 10th, wow. 2023 and returns September 10th, 2024. Along the way, passengers will visit 57 destinations from Casablanca to Greenland, Peru, India, Japan, and even Antarctica. Extensive time will be spent on land, giving guests the opportunity to experience many of the world's distinct cultures. Royal Caribbean is taking bookings for the ultimate world cruise now. You want to go? <laughs> no thank you no Bro. that sounds awful oh my god i mean we've been on a cruise yeah i'm going on a cruise soon you are oh yeah, yeah you're playing huh um and being on one for i mean granted you get to get off right and see stuff i mean i don't know i'm in between i guess like no i understand I the allure potentially of that sort of situation for somebody who's never traveled and they're in retirement sure and they're 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 on their last they're leg. They're going to die. That's I don't know if they're going to die, they but they're they like, are. they would. It would probably be c more comfortable traveling the world like that than it would be on planes. Totally. If you're if you're at the end of your life. Well, if sure. you're trying to see the entire world before you die, like yeah. if that's your thing, that would be way more comfortable than like having to go to the airport and then like finding the hotel. Yeah. yeah. You're probably staying on the boat. You know, so yeah. like you bo you port. Typically, ports are in like the heart of the city. Right. So there's, I do understand the allure, and I don't like if you're trying to see the world. But good God, not being dude. on a boat for two hundred and seventy. How many days? Two hundred seventy-four. My mom works for the cruise Ooh. line, or used to work for the cruise lines, and and she talked to me about boats like these. These like. All full year long yeah. cruises and they're truly meant for people who are at the end of their lives that are like gonna die right and, you and like that sounds morbid but 
it's real. And they have like mortuaries on these boats and stuff where these what? people. Yeah. That's literally the point. People die in the middle of the trip? That's why they're go they're like, I'm dying, so I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Bro, remember remember um OG Joe? Oh my god, dude. We what went on greatest? a cruise. Fucking in- Tad polishes. <laughs> Tad polishes. Fucking uh five yeah. two five, six four six, seven eight two three. Let's keep in touch. Keep in touch. Oh, uh, Joe, man. He we was went a on a PE cruise. teacher from the Bronx. PE teacher from the Bronx was a savage man, had a little adorable ponytail, <laughs> nothing on top. He had the cul-de-sac on top, and he had the ponytail in the back. He, We went on a cruise for some godforsaken reason to Jamaica, Bermuda, Bermuda um, back in 2014, 2013. 13. Something like that. Me, Jules, uh, our very close friend Steph, and our very close friend Styles, and Julian's older brother Gabe, and Julian's mom, <laughs> Peggy, and uh, it was a blast. Now, granted, we were like 25, 26, and so you know those were the days of our lives uh, that we were beyond uh, irresponsible. We were yeah. like like double negative responsible it was yeah. just absurd yeah, it was it awful was canceling itself out and so by the fourth day i was just like i gotta get off this boat i can't be on this boat <laughs> yeah. anymore you know um so that's that's my perception of cruises i mean if you're if 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 we were going on this boat as 35 year olds we we jump off yeah we didn't even explain who og joe is we just talked about ourselves again we didn't explain we always OG, do that we always do that jesus OG Joe was uh, a man. So, like, when you go on these cruises, for anybody who's been on cruises, you know. I mean, there's a, a, a whole slew of different cruise lines that you can take. But for the most part, my mom used to work for Holland America. And you go on cruises, and they're not – there's typically, like, a, a small percentage of young people on cruises. Very small. Yeah, it's, and they're, like, young kids who got dragged along. Yeah, with their parents, their family. There's no young adults. My mom worked for the cruise line, which is why we went, because we got like $99 rooms, and yep. Alan was coming up in his music career, and he was <laughs> trying to show off yeah. and buy us all our bedrooms and buy us Did I do that? Pinot Grigio's at night. He, we would sit at the dinner table at night, and <laughs> you had like just started coming up in music and like making some money, and so we would get to the t- dinner table. They'd have like formal nights, and we'd all dress up and go to dinner. Now, mind you, we brought like, Three cases of booze on this, which on this you're trip. not allowed to do. Which you're not allowed we to snuck do. Snuck it on in like Camelbacks <laughs> yeah. and like Gatorade yeah. bottles. Yeah, and uh, every night Alan would order us like two bottles of red, the finest red wine, two bottles of the finest white wine, which none, none of us were drinking besides my mom with any of the wine, and then he'd order himself a Red Bull and a glass of milk. <laughs> <laughs> And the milk came in like the little cartons that you get oh, in elementary school. Like it was typically like it had chunky. It had been spent. It was yeah, gone. it was disgusting because it like... it's just sitting on the boat. Nobody's drinking milk. Oh, it was so bad. Yeah, it was awful. But we met this guy named OG Joe, who was uh, you know probably in his mid to late seventies, and he yep. was a PE teacher in the Bronx, like an inner city school, and he just was so vile oh yeah the person his just, personality he was talked like the, this and he, he was, was just like, a he's fucking must have smoked chain smoked cigarettes since he was 12 and he just fucking was like you fucking turd polish we'd sit by the pool and he'd talk to us yeah, you fucking and he'd try to, he'd give us like uh he'd just give us words of wisdom but they were always like just awful foul. and yeah just super foul <laughs> and he was hitting on all the old ladies all the blue hairs and he was it was the best man he was he was a legend, and uh, I 
I wonder if OG Joe's still around. Well, we tried to call him multiple times because he gave us his phone number, but yeah, he, he never answered. He pick up. Never picked up. But yeah, I mean, honestly, and again, when you're when you're in your, if you're not sixty five plus going on these cruises, like after a week, it's it's too much. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in a position though where I could understand the t- the type of human who would pay because that's gotta cost thirty grand. Probably more. Forty, probably more. more. I don't know. I don't know. But that's a long cruise, man. It's, uh, and it's all inclusive, so you're eating the whole time for free. Oh yeah. Uh, in it's, other news, Four Seasons just started doing cruises. They just came out with really? a cruise boat line. That's crazy. Crazy man. expensive, but Four Seasons hotels are unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, they're like starting rate is like thirty k to go on, and it's like a ten day cruise. Are Four Seasons nice? Oh, they're super nice. Oh, they're like really? the, one of the nicest hotels. They in have the world. like pretty standard hotels too, don't don't they? Four Seasons. Yeah, they're not all just super nice, are they? I think they're all just super oh. nice. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've only stayed at one, and it was really huh. nice. Oh, really? I feel yeah, like I've stayed at them before, but maybe not. I mean, maybe you come for money. <laughs> Do I? Yeah. I come from money. Yeah, your mom worked on Royal Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she didn't. <laughs> she worked with the cruise lines. Uh, I definitely don't come from money, but uh, I, I, I mean, I definitely don't come from not money in comparison. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a trust fund kid. Little Let's bit be money. real about it. I got plenty <laughs> dough in my bank. Uh, well, the unfortunate reality is that my mom gets free cruises for life, and yeah. so we're going to inherit some of those. So if we ever want, if we ever choose to go on another cruise, it's uh it's there for us to go it's there for the yeah pickings. i don't know if i would i don't know if i, I would choose to go on a i don't either again. like i think we're at a point in our lives where we don't have to just like take advantage of free trips we can actually like pay no, for listen a trip. i like it bro I, same know, same for me personally like travel now that i have a family and you know like i think eventually our we would love to have another kid so we have a family of four going on a vacation you're dropping you're dropping ten yeah. stacks. Easy. Yeah, easy. And I found out recently a stack means a thousand. Oh really? Yeah. Ten stacks. That makes sense. Uh easy. Ten stacks, twenty stacks. Yeah. For now sure. my my folks would be like, You're overspending. You don't need to spend of that course. much. You know, because my parents are really good at living frugally. Yeah. But that would mean like for us, growing up, staying in a hotel, I maybe stayed in two. Cause we my dad was just new people, people wherever we were going, houses. we just stayed at their house. It was cool, you know, like yeah, but I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm not staying at people's house. I'm st- I'm getting a hotel. I'm getting an Airbnb. Dropping fifty stacks. Not fifty, but like I'm just, and that's not a reasonable number. But what I'm saying it's expensive to take a vacation. Oh my god, as it's a so family, expensive. especially as a especially family. if you got a if both your kids are over two, you're paying airfare for both of them. Yeah. I mean, we're going to Vegas, and I'm nervous about how much money it's gonna. We're gonna we're waste gonna be, when we're there. Nah, we're gonna be fine. Yeah, I know. We're not. We're not gonna do that. I'm putting it in motion right now. We're gonna work, baby. Work, 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 work. Yeah, work, we gotta. Work, we gotta work, be. We work. gotta be on our best behaves, man. When we're we, when we are, and then when we turn off, it's gonna be what it is. It's gonna be what it is. And we'll uh, have a good time. we're gonna have a good time, and we're gonna we're gonna do some live from Las Vegas for anybody who cares and is interested in yeah. uh, hearing us talk fun. about our anxieties from the previous nights. Yeah, we might make some content down on the streets of Vaggy Vaggy, go down and uh, hit the strip and talk to some people. Who knows? I'm interested some. to see what Vegas is gonna be like, and like it's c- it's probably gonna be the wild wild west, man. It's gonna I mean if you any reckon? place is, it's not gonna be, we're not even gonna think that COVID exists. 
you can't tell in New York. You're not gonna be able to tell in Vegas. You reckon? Yeah. I, I think inside they're gonna be anal. I can't imagine, man. I was in Reno when in like the heart of COVID. Yeah. And I was scared to walk through the casinos out there. In the heart of COVID. Yeah. It what was is, oh, like, like like thick of it. You like mean? when I left you. Oh right, like like July. Not even no. It was like before I even came out here. So yeah, like in like June, July. Yeah. That was, uh, of, that was of 2020. Big thick. Big thick. And and no vaccine. No vaccine. People were down in the on the just on the craps chain, tables, just chain, chain smoking, smoking cigarettes, marbles, no masks, no, no mask. Oh. Yeah, it was crazy. It's gonna be. There's something about a casino that's like really interesting, which is just the the gamut of human in yeah. there. Just is, pumping oxygen through the ceiling vents and just getting you all. Bro, I stood next to this guy at the casino out in Spokane. Um, Quest or I forget the name of the casino out there, but and we were playing craps, and it was me, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law. I think Corbett was there too, maybe. And I mean, we're we're putting down ten bucks, like no money at all, right? Like I'm not a gambler. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. This guy was throwing down like five G's at a time, yeah. and he was just unsuspecting man that you never would have thought would have been gambling like right. that. Like he didn't look like my original thought of which goes to show you the limits of our judgment, right? Yeah, and why yeah. you just never do it. But right. he was dropping fives at a time and like his come up was like fifteen K. Wow. But then he would lose twenty K in like the next ten minutes. Yeah. I was like I was only throwing money in just so I could stand at the table and, and watch this him, guy yeah. gamble. Cause like, bro, like can you just like Pass me the 15 G's because if it's that dispensable for you. Oh, yeah, but that's no, because he's getting he's getting high. I know. I mean, there's some like think about how Michael Jordan must have gambled. I mean, I'm sure he still does. But think about the money that that man has. Yeah. And like think about what it would be like to gamble with Michael Jordan. Homie. Somebody who's the rumor is, is like he would do lose a million dollars in a night. I might have just made up that number. (laughs) Well, whatever. But like, he was known for his gambling. Yeah. He he was known to have a gambling... um, Addiction? Not addiction, but like gambling habit. Mm -hmm. And somebody with that much money gambling, you're like, oh my God. Like, this is insane. That's what it felt like. You like like gambling? Yeah, it's fun. I I don't like gambling a lot of money. I don't go into a casino going, oh, I'm going to come up. I'm about to I'm about to get a car. Yeah. I don't you go expecting to just like lose whatever you're bringing yeah, in. Yeah, I just I I go to a casino with the perspective with the same perspective that I would have going to a restaurant, which is like I'm getting a service, mm-hmm. which is like the joy of just sitting here and pulling the thing and having fun. Yeah. But I'm not going to the casino going like I'm about to come up, dude. Where's my machine? I mean, some it's fun to go walk around and like close your eyes and be like this one. Mhm. Um, but I'm, I'm not a, I don't like doing that with money. I don't, yeah. I'm too broke to like, you know, go, hey, yeah. you know, here, let me just drop like a hundred bucks on a table. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. I, I doubt I'll do much gambling while we're in Vegas. I just don't like it. I would do penny slots. Let's do some penny slots. Cause they'll give you free drinks. And oh, like, yeah. if we're drinking, we can like just sit there and play penny slots and. Want to do that? Talk shit and smoke some black milds. And 
<laughs> dude, let's do that. No. Smoke some black oh, and I'll throw up, dude. I'm going to throw up in my mouth right now just to uh, black and miles. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys in Vegas because we're going to be there. And that will be where the next episodes are hitting you from. Yeah. So, uh, Come on down. If you guys have how good's this news, um, fun stuff you want to share with us, stories, um, or just want to say hi, drop by how good's this podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. Give us your um, social security number and your bank account number so we can go drop stacks yeah, in leave Vegas. That, leave that Netflix password too, baby. Leave I'm trying that to get Netflix in, password, dude. HBO Max, whatever you got. You got Peacock? I'm trying to get on that Ooh, shit, dude. dude. If you leave the Peacock, we're, we're going to throw your name on the ticker. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> we um, love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Um, uh, we will now finish the podcast and head to uh, the segment for only our Patreon uh, subscribers, if you would like to hear about the next segment that we're doing, it's patreon.com slash live at the it's lodge. Honestly, it's honestly one of the, it's it's like a whole nother conversation and it's hilarious. And, and it's I, super, I have, it's super vain. It's a, it's a part it's, of our uh, personality that like I'm uncomfortable with, yeah, but it's so, kind of fun so to much. talk about like yeah. the gossip of I, the, of the entertainment it's world. It's called the good goss. And like, this is, I mean, this is obviously a sell, but like we're, we're, it is. I'm trying to get Alan as uncomfortable as I can in my questions that I'm asking it's gross. him. It's fucking gross and it's <laughs> awesome. But it's called the good goss. So good goss. Come good on over. Goss. We love you guys. Talk soon. Love you guys. Hey, did you like that? I figured you might. Well, we're going to ask you to do all the things that podcasters tell you to do. Subscribe, rate, review, comment. Go share this podcast with all of your friends. You can follow us on Instagram at howgoodsthis underscore podcast. And if you want to reach out, you can email us at howgoodsthispodcast at gmail.com. Go tell your friends all about everything that's happened here. If you're interested in hearing Alan Stone and myself spilling all that tea in the good goss segment of this podcast, you're going to get to hear Alan Stone say things that he might honestly never say out loud and in public. So it's worth it. Head on over to Patreon and join our little community. For as little as $5 a month, you can contribute to this podcast and really help us make a difference in building this thing out. Patreon.com slash live at the lodge. We love you guys very much, and uh, we'll see you next week. How good's this?